Welcome back to the CX Hustle podcast. My name is Justin Tippin. In this episode, I'm joined by our global CX expert, Daniel Ord. Welcome. Hey, Justin. Feels like it's just been such a long time since we've spoken. You know, we could do this nonstop once a week. Let's just put it on the calendar. Even if nobody listens, we get it. We have a good chat. Exactly right. <laughs> so uh, hopefully, if you're, if you're listening, you're also enjoying it as well. Um, now, in today's um, episode, we thought we'd just tackle something because it's been troubling me, Dan. It really has. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn a lot, uh, as most people probably know. And, uh, you know, there's no shortage of... Uh, CX experts coming up in my feed all of a sudden. Um, and hey, good luck to them. That's great. Um, but I just think there's a little bit of confusion out there, myself included, when we talk about CX slash customer experience and yeah. what exactly what the hell are we talking about when someone says CX? So I thought, who better to ask, Dan, than the, than the man himself? That was nice of you, Justin. I mean, like you, I came up through the contact center. So contact center customer service is my DNA. Mm-hmm. And, 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 For better or for worse, we start to look at our contact center customer service unit as customer experience. That's Mm -hmm. the entire world. Of course. But as you know, a lot of customers never even use customer service. Yeah, that's right. And we chatted earlier on about, I had one one friend in the industry in the Philippines, and he said, Dan, here's, you see this circle? And he drew a big circle on the board. These are all of our customers. Then he took a black marker. He made a dot, yep. just a dot in yep. the middle of the big. He said, these are the people that contact us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, it's you just know, so small, isn't it? Yeah, it's the a... whole customer experience is everybody in the circle, not just the, yeah, the yeah, little yep. dot he put, which I thought yep. was just a brilliant way of putting it. Uh, especially for people like us who are, who, who thought the universe that. revolved around the call center, right? So, very yeah. much. And yeah. by the way, in a lot of companies, they're very happy to, to devolve or defer the customer sure. experience of the contact yeah, center. Yeah, yeah. So of course we get delusions of grandeur that we are the <laughs> yes. customer experience people. <laughs> yes. So I think one of the biggest unpeeling of my brain over the past few years is I shifted a lot of our work, you know, also into customer experience was, Wow, there was a lot I didn't know. Mm-hmm. There were a lot. There was a lot of oh, understanding that. Gosh, maybe the contact center isn't the center of the universe. Yep. So, so when we talk about even great customer service, you know, you and I could listen to the same call. You might think it was fantastic. I might think it was average. It's a very subjective kind of thing. Mm. Is it? Does the same apply in defining? customer experience because in that example you just gave around you know the little dot and the big circle yes everything in that big circle is customer experience but i'm still saying but what does that actually mean sure i i think one of the best definitions i read was uh, customer experience is thoughtfulness made visible and i'll say it again thoughtfulness made visible so someone's put an effort into thinking about how the customer is going to interact with that brand service Etc. Absolutely. I mean, if you're a grocery store, where are the trolleys? Are they easy to put back? Do the bags fall apart when you're carrying them to your car? If the person has to pay for the car park, where's the payment? Are they going to carry their groceries, their babies? I mean, this is thoughtfulness made visible. Yep. And yet, everything I just talked about has nothing to do with interacting with a customer service person. Right. Absolutely. It's That's about customer a trolley. experience. Right? That's, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, you know, and restaurants are always a great example. I think you and I once talked about the fact that the hostess seated me or the host seated me and he or she were lovely, but the the laminated menu had food stains all over it. That impacted my perspective or my feeling. Yep. And and I think that's the word that you will rightly hear a lot with customer experiences. It's about the feeling. It's yeah, about yep, the yep. emotion that's created, yep. which doesn't always require an interaction with 
another human being. Sure, sure, exactly right. Um, so understanding that there are so many different elements in mm. customer experience and there are so many CX experts um, out there, how, how do you sort of get from A to B? Because if I want to learn about customer experience, you know, if I just take that trolley example, you know, is that the... Is it a designer who makes the trolleys? Is it the, the architect that does the floor layout of the store? Yep. Is it the person that makes the handles on the trolley? I, I can mount a case for all of those things that are really important. So how do we apply structure around what is customer experience yep. so we don't have that problem? Yeah, well, I'll tell you the journey that I took and that I think is is a journey I now recommend for others because I had to go through it myself first was... I looked at various CX models out there a few years back, and the one from the CXPA, the Customer Experience Professionals Association, um, was the one that appealed me to the appealed to me the most because it's very structured. It's a nonprofit association yep. run by members. Um, they spent a lot of time and effort putting together the competencies that a CX professional would need in their work, yep. and they included CX professionals to come up with these. And then they built a certification around it. Now, of course, certification is never mandatory or required. Sure. But, but I've reached the point in my, my life that if I hear someone say I'm passionate about CX, I'm literally going to say, so prove it to me. Yep. Have you taken your credential? Or are, you start, are you pursuing something that demonstrates? Yep. Because if you say to someone, I'm passionate about flying planes, it doesn't mean I'm going to let you fly me from here to, <laughs> yeah, to wherever course, yeah, if yeah. you don't have the credential. Unless you got a parachute strapped to your back just in case. So, um, so, so talk to me. Let's use that model as the example. Sure. Though, um, because you, you touched on the, the bingo word there for me, which was around you know, framework slash competencies. Yeah. Um, and there are six, as I understand, uh, in that framework. Can you walk me through what those six are and we'll, we'll cover them in depth in, in other podcasts but Absolutely. a holistic view I guess. Absolutely, let's do the, yeah. the bird's eye view of yeah, the six yep. and then I'll put a couple comments at the end. Um, by the way, there is no particular order to these <clears throat> so you can switch them around but the flow I go with is this, customer experience strategy mm -hmm. which is probably a simple way of saying how am I going to treat customers? Yep. Now of course it has to map to your corporate strategy and it has to map to your brand values. There's a lot of brand value work that goes into there. And the moment you hear strategy, that word, here's what you have to say. I have limited resources. How am I going to allocate these resources to get the results that I want to give? Yeah, yeah. So okay. yep. I love this idea of coming up with a customer experience strategy, which is usually a statement mm -hmm. and a set of principles, although a bit of work goes into it. Yeah. And then doing the financial work to allocate the resources to things that need attention. Right. So just as a quick example, if, I, if my strategy says I want to provide the most amazing customer experience possible uh, and I want to, you know, people ring a call center, for example, and I know I shouldn't probably use call centers because it's a lot broader, but I'm in that world right now. Um, you know, I want to get an amazing customer experience, um, but when people ring in, there's a, you know, the 16-minute wait time. I go, well, okay, our strategy says we want to give an amazing experience, but I clearly need me more resources if I am going to deliver that amazing customer experience. Does that get covered in the strategy piece or does that sort of get covered down in KPIs and operations and all that sort of stuff later on? It's a little far removed, but I'll put it this way. There is no customer experience strategy that says we will deliver the best customer experience. That's not a strategy. That's a lame phrase. Yeah, it's crap, right? Yeah. And, and the best me... I could come up with at short notice. Oh, well, you did really well. <laughs> no, no, no. But we had to shoot that one down straight away Fair enough, before yeah. all those CX experts Yeah, that's right. Rightly so. You consider DMing myself you shot and... down. Damn it. You know, I, 
the CX strategy is a whole topic to itself, but maybe I can help a little bit here. As you know, we've done nearly 20 years of Mystery Shopper. And sometimes the, when the people would contact us, whether it was a bank or a telecom or a resort, they would be like, we're not sure what to mystery shop or how to evaluate our success. And I'd say, well, let's go to your website and see what you say about yourself. Yep. That's what we always did when we got a new mystery shopper project. We yeah, went to yeah, the yeah. website, the advertising, and we said, you describe yourself as this, this, and this. Yep. Now, obviously, all companies should describe themselves a little bit differently. Sure. I mean, if you're company X, your brand value and, and proposition is different than yeah. company Y. So I know we're, but we both consult, so we do, we do work in the vision and mission kind of mm. space as well. Is, where does the customer experience strategy sit in with the vision and mission? The customer experience strategy incorporates the vision. Okay. Within the strategy you'll have, you begin with the vision, the yes. CX vision. And yep. when we do our course next week, that's what we'll begin. Yep. Here's the CX vision. Here are some examples. Then once you've got the vision and the principles, then you start going with the resource allocation. And, you know, does it make sense to fix a 16-minute wait time? Maybe yes, maybe no. Mm -hmm. You know, a 16-minute wait time in and of itself isn't necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. We don't know. We need a lens to be able to look at things yeah, and yeah, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. what does success look like? Because you, nobody should ever run around and try and fix everything. That's not possible. Sure. Okay. So we've uh, hopefully unpeeled that onion a little bit now for people around strategy. <laughs> or we even made it more or, frightening. Or, yeah, that's right. Or we scared the crap out of everyone. It's funny. Yeah. A lot of people don't have that CX vision. Mm. And uh, I mean, I was really Most lucky a couple don't. of years yeah. ago. A telecom in Singapore recrafted one and allowed us to work with their entire company. We literally workshopped all 2,000 people on the new vision, wow. how yep. it applied to them, but not customer service people. Yep. Engineers, procurement people, lawyers, mm -hmm. every single person in that company had to go through and learn what that customer experience vision was. Yep. And I'll never forget how powerful that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you share with us what it, what it was, what the outcome was? Uh, oh, the putting you on the spot but. no no i mean it took two years to do yep. this entire project because wow. we did yep. it 30 people at a time yep. Yep. so covering 2,000 people yeah but we got a lot of intelligence out i have to give credit to the director that put this together but what we allowed people to do was say what's holding you back from achieving this so every single function got the engineers got to work together because in telecoms there's a lot of engineering mm -hmm. the network people the customer service people, they all got to share what they felt were the barriers to them achieving it. Because yep. And then we tabulated all that data. Literally at the end of every session, I would create a report. Mm -hmm. We aggregated that data across all 2,000 people. And then the senior management had, here are the things our departments are telling us are holding us back from achieving this vision. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But then how, how did you adjust the vision? I'm digging in here. Um, it wasn't the plan. But how, how did you take all that information you've given it to the execs yep. how did that influence the vision so how did it change when the vision was you know statement a versus oh we got all that feedback and changed it to statement b or, no nothing changed or nothing changed they crafted the vision and then just then we cascaded it across so it wasn't about crafting the vision right okay so they crafting had the vision the already cx vision is a senior leadership responsibility it's yeah. not something you really roll out to everybody in the company that's been my experience yep. so it wasn't a matter of saying do you like this vision should we change it it's this is this what is we've done yep. and we want to talk to you now about why this is the vision we've come up with right okay and then understanding what the blockers were from the different departments as to why they felt they couldn't achieve well yeah, yeah. what were the enablers that were going to help them bring it to life because at the end of the day this is about culture isn't it it's mm -hmm. linked to culture if you have three principles and a cx 
vision that says blah, 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 you're supposed to be able to say, how can I bring that to life in my daily work? Yep. Yep. And not have it be a pure customer service responsibility. Yep. And that's what this telco did so brilliantly. Yeah, okay. So just to, to summarize that for, for people listening, uh, I've got a company vision. I've got a company mission statement. Yep. Normally got some values. That's right. Where in the mix, in the order of hierarchy, does the customer service, customer experience... Below. 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 Perfect. Because you have to... If you're a cost-cutting organization like Ryanair... Yep which is the example people love. Yep. Jetstar of course in Australia, they're not going to have a customer yep. experience vision that says you get fluffy pillows and it just wouldn't make any sense. It would be, yep. I mean, in the US, they have these big warehouse shopping centers, Costco, Costco. and so on. We have Costco here too. Yeah. Yep. You, they're not going to have a customer experience vision that says we're going to have a warm, lovely cafes for you and free. No, because they're more cost oriented. Sure. Yep. So your customer experience vision is going to have to solidly relate and support to your corporate vision. Yep. If it doesn't, there's going to be a massive amount of disconnect, and the per- first people who are going to feel it are your customers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Okay. Tick. Number one um, oh, strategy. Okay, yeah. um, number two. Uh, voice of customer, uh, which is, you know, we basically get into research and we talk about qualitative and quantitative research with a heavy focus on qualitative in this section. So can you explain to our listeners the difference between quantitative and qualitative? Sure. Um, Quantitative is is what it sounds like. It's based on numbers. And the classic example is you do a survey and they rate you and they give you a nine, a four. So like an NPS survey or CSAT or something. Absolutely. Qualitative is where the empathy is. Everyone says they're empathetic, but if you're not doing qualitative research, you can't say you're empathetic. Mm-hmm. Qualitative means you actually are shadowing the customer. You're doing what's called ethnographic research. You're watching how they use your website. You're going with them on that shopping visit to see how the trolley goes. Yeah. You're bringing a few of them into the contact center to ask them what they think about the service that's going on. It's about literally being with a customer. And there's a few different types of qualitative. For example, all this stuff on text analytics. Yep. You know, what are the comments, what are the things people are saying during these conversations mm. that can now be extracted and analyzed? That's qualitative data. Yep. That's not quantitative data. Sure. But I find, in my experience, too many people focus on quantitative and have almost zero understanding or zero application of qualitative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I think that's the biggest learning in that particular. Okay, perfect. Um, the third... Experience competency. design, which yep. is a huge, massive topic and was a great eye-opener for me because... This is where you sit down and you either look at an existing experience to see how you can redesign and make it better, or you're crafting a new experience. And we've all heard of journey mapping, but think of journey mapping as the atomic building block of customer experience. So the customer has a journey to go to the grocery store. The customer has a journey to take a flight. And it's literally breaking it down, breaking it down, breaking it down, and looking at where you can make it better, where maybe you can take out some steps where maybe you're going to have to do something completely new. By the way, a lot of innovation comes from this. Yeah, yep, There's yep. a lot of work in doing this, but the innovation comes out from so that. So can, can you just explain <coughs> to me, the, you touched on it, but I, I guess I'm not clear on it, the difference between customer journey mapping and experience design? Like, Look at customer journey mapping as a visual representation of what the customer goes through. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Yep. A customer journey map is a visual representation of what a customer goes through from A to Z or A to J. But I will say this, there are different purposes for doing journey mapping. Sure, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. when you, the moment you start with research and coming from this background, the first thing I want to hear from the client is, what is your objective? 
because there's a lot of different types. There's not one type of journey mapping. There's at least five in my experience. Yep, that's and right. I don't even want to get into each of those because that's a whole separate conversation. Yep, yep. Perfect. Okay. But, um, but experience yep. design is a well understood process that's in use around the world, has been for a long time. Yep. It's just that in more recent years, people are applying those workable concepts to the customer experience, not necessarily purely only to a product yeah, or yeah, a service yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, awesome. Looking forward to digging into that one in another episode. Um, all right, so we're on to number four. Fourth one, uh, metrics. And this is yeah. where you get a lot of your quantitative stuff. We talk about the survey process. We talk about NPS. You yeah. have to have some NPS in there. Yeah. Um, ROI calculations. Yeah. So, And then it's also a lot about how do I take the information we're gathering from customers and and share that or disseminate that across the organization. Because yep. if I want a truly customer-centric culture, I have to let people know what that data looks like and is. And that's where you get into things like tailoring the information for different audiences and that kind of thing. So. Okay, yep, awesome. Uh, number five? The fifth one is um, governance or what's called organizational accountability. So how do we make sure the organization acts in a customer-centric way. So let me give an example. In some companies now, they don't approve any budget item without some look at what the, will happen to the customer. Yep. Now imagine you were in a company and you had to put forward a budget item and you had to spell out exactly what the impact on the customer was going to be. In some cases, nobody ever thinks of the customer when they put forward a project. Yep. Yep. Um, it's about making sure the decisions that the company makes include the customer. Yep. that the metrics that we're getting are actually applied in the business. Because at the end of the day, if it's not codified into the way the organization runs, it's just not going to happen. Yep. It's going to be lip service. So. Yep, perfect. And the final competency. Yeah, the final one, and, and you could argue it should be the first, is culture. How do you create this wonderful customer-centric culture? What are the building blocks of culture? Why does it matter? Hmm. Um, we kind of touched on that a little bit when we did the CX strategy or yep. CX vision with yep. the telecom yep. because they did this for culture purposes. Yep. They wanted people to realize that we're going to have to change mm. because what got us here isn't going to take us there. Yep. And I think that's what a lot of companies are going through right now. What got us here isn't going to take us there. So how can we get our folks on board with yep. this? And that's what culture is all about. Yeah, perfect. Okay. So six core competencies. I know we were, were talking offline um, about, you know, probably some other um, not competencies but some modules almost in terms mm. of the way the way we do the training um, because there's a couple of other I, I guess critical things as well right you just want to yeah I mean I think if you wanted to bookend those which is the approach that I take I I begin these the six competency workshop with a module on what is customer experience in the first place because yep. exactly what you asked at the beginning there's no point jumping into six competencies if you haven't agreed on the definition of sure. CX. Yep. So, and then I think I find increasingly people want to know how do I implement? How do I know the maturity level I have? And so I think you can bookend at the end by saying here's a maturity model you can use. Here's some implementation steps because once people learn the six competencies, they get excited and then they say okay, what, what is it that I can now go back and actually do mm. to see mm. these things brought to life? Yep. Because as you know, this is an organization-wide thing. These six competencies are huge. Yep. Yep. So it's unlikely that one person can go back and actually implement everything we just talked about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I know we, you know we run some courses our, mm. ourselves, um, and you know, I know you're also incredibly humble, but recently 
you, you know, you, you got your um, recognised, um, what's the actual definition? I, want to get it. I don't want to stuff it up. Recognised training provider? Did I yeah, get it right? by the way, the, the, those letters also throw me a little bit. So, yeah, recognised training provider with the CXPA, which is really a big thing for us. That's and huge. And, and, and as I said, I know you're pretty humble, but you're literally one of, what, I think, five Five, five people so in the far. world. I'm sure in more will come, but five right now of us in the world. Yep. Because what they've done is they've they vetted the individual, they vetted the what people say about you in the real world, <laughs> yep. and yep. they vet your material. Yep. So for me, it was a almost a two year journey. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. You were you were along with it on me. So when we got the go ahead or the listing, I I tell you that was a super happy week. I'm still glowing from that because as you should. Yeah. All it means is I can serve my audience better. Yep. That's the main purpose. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Um, okay. Well, I'm not going to go and sell courses because uh, <laughs> we, we should have sold it just by people listening to us. So we don't need to do that. Um, thank you for explaining the, the differences, uh, I guess, or defining what, what is customer experience and also walking us through what those six competencies are. I think that's a, it's a really good idea to have that framework around it, right? Because where the structure, as you said, you know, you, there's no point. What's a, we've got a saying on it, but you know, there's just no point teaching people specific things, teaching the fundamentals and the skills because it can be applied so many different ways and if they've got the basic understandings, then they're in a good position. I think you're totally right there. By the way, it's worth saying that when you go through the, the six competencies and a lot of people around the world are, it doesn't mean you're going to go back and instantly be a researcher. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're going to go back and you know how to allocate financial resources, mm -hmm. but it means you're going to have a lingo and a strategy and an understanding of the different levers yep, yep. That, that, that make up customer experience. Yeah. And I guess it puts you from a career perspective. It, it gives you and empowers you with the skills that you need to be that champion of CX within your business. Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think that's what the CCXP credential does is it proves to your bosses and to those around you that you have mastery of the key principles yep. because it's not an easy exam mm. and, and not everyone will, is even allowed to take it. You have to apply to take the exam. Yep. Yep. It's not open to everybody. Yep. So when you get this then you go back to your office, it's like, it's now a big deal. Yeah. I'm a lot more than just passionate. Now I've proven it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Fantastic. Dan, thank you as always. Uh, look forward to catching up with you again soon. Yeah, definitely.